What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. I wasn't in on the fictional pun that we weren't recording of. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Let me pull up my notes. Okay, and now they're equal, our notes. Okay. Equal in size and girth. I just turned up the volume on my headphones, so now I can hear you even better. Oh, wait, maybe? No, I'm up. I'm up pretty loud on my end. Hold on. Hey, you know what's the thing? By the while we're getting started here, because it's going to be like a more fun episode, but who cares? Let's still start with a fun thing. Uh, first of all, who who are you even? I was supposed to talk to Paulina. Let me talk to your manager. My manager? Uh, that was my manager's voice, but I didn't. Wait, but to your it. manager walked in and said, "My manager." <laughs> my manager. Yeah, but, like, like my that. liege. He walks in. <laughs> <laughs> I am the manager of the land. Yeah, my manager is on call all the time. Well, where's the Paulina? I was supposed to talk to Paulina. Let me talk to your manager. Where is she? Hello, this is she. Why weren't you here initially, Paulina? Who was I talking to before? My manager is very, very aggressive. Oh, okay. I understand. And at the same time, I don't. I'm lost in how many characters are in the bit, Paulina. It seemed inconsistent. (laughs) I still need to... Are you Paulina Pinsky? Yeah. Who's Paulina Pinksy, as I use as a typo often? Pinksy! I'm Mike yeah. Fallick. Okay, so speaking of words and typos, you know how people don't like the word moist? Yeah, it's not a great word. Well, yeah, and it's like a hacky bit to do to talk about moist. Okay, girth gets no shade at all, and girth is definitely worse than moist. Yeah, but it's more phallic and phallic centric things tend to get a better rap because you're saying you're saying wait are you saying that as 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 fighting for all women in the land i need to be making fun of girth all the time (laughs) if what i'm hearing is true (laughs) it's actually a feminist stance yeah so i really i i condone it do you know my girthy feminist stance (laughs) welcome to hashtag cult podcast well, <laughs> uh, it's girthy over here it's girthy out here <laughs> let's go to ted with the weather how is it ted? oh it's just girthy everywhere today um <laughs> so we are doing a documentary about migtow uh paulina what's migtow migtow stands for men going their own way which is a online cult which specifically uh admonishes the nature of women and fights for the rights of men essentially yeah, and today is going to be a fun one because we're going to kind of we we what we do is we take these um, anonymous interviews or expert interviews that I've done or Paulina and our team have done with 
people in the expert field of cults or maybe uh, how the internet works or how the mind works. Um, but in this case, we've been doing an interview with, with a person named Codename Tom, who is a anonymous member of MGTOW. Um, and MGTOW is what we call a red pill cult. And we've sort of dodged around it and you've probably been annoyed by every time we talk about red pill i say well we're going to talk about the matrix eventually and we're really going to get into it this is our full matrix episode um Dun, da, da, da. that's the theme song from the matrix so we're <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go do you know what's weird that is the theme song though kind of from superman uh movies have gotten it? better I, yeah um so we're going to play this clip from 15 minutes, which is where we kind of left off last time. We've left off. It's a very deep interview with Codename Tom because he is very typical of a MGTOW and he's a complicated figure and there's a lot going on. But at the at 15 minutes, which is where we were going to start this episode, um, we talk about The Matrix and Ghost in the Shell. So we'll play that clip now. Oh, no, no, no. You said he was a blank. Can you turn up the mic just a Oh, a blue I don't color. know what that just is. Turn the mic up just a Oh, it's, um, uh, I, f I discovered you off of a MGTOW, uh, tag on YouTube. Mm. Uh, and the, uh, the title of your video is, My Friend is Brainwashed by a Sex Cult. So, what I assumed is that, uh, and it's my fault for assuming, it really is, I'm sorry. Uh, what I assumed is that you were familiar with other, uh, with, like, philosophy is what it's kind of called on the internet. Like, this is all stuff that I fell into. I had all of, all of the... I had all the mindset before I discovered like the words for it. Same with snakes and suits and the and the DSM five thing. I had it. I had the idea. I just couldn't put a name to it. Mm -hmm. uh, Blue pillar is just the uh, the, uh, the he didn't take the red pill. He didn't want to learn about uh, what female nature was, quote unquote, or uh, you know how uh, how our economic system works, or uh, you know like any of that. He just wanted to have a good time. And figured that he could do that perpetually without uh, without too much consequence. That's a reference to... I've seen The still Matrix. still like that. I, I'm a big fan of The Matrix. That's from yeah. The Matrix? Do you yeah. like The Matrix? The original... Yeah, everyone likes The Matrix. I just watched it, what, in January? All have you, yeah, you see, oh, man, do you have The Animatrix? I saw it a long time ago, and I was impressed, but uh, anime's not my bag. I, I love that. That's like... I've done little marathons where... Like, uh, there's some about, um, Zion before when Neo comes in and Zion during when, and like all this history. So I'll watch like the stuff that happens before in the little short and then watch one. And then, you know, like I, I there's, there's lists, you know, that are like, yeah, you want to get the, you want to get the full story. Yeah. yeah the, the way you are with that is the way I am with ghost in the shell. Great. series, The original, complex. right? The original I watch, series. I watch that every year. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. series. Um, I, I've watched it every year since I first watched it, and I get something new out of it every year. In fact, uh, once I get my fucking YouTube back, I'm going to be doing a reading of uh, Catcher in the Rye, and then I'll be doing a reading of, uh, what's it called? An Asimov book. I haven't, I'm not sure which one yet. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to start reading books on YouTube. And let's talk about The Matrix, The Red Pill, and the whole deal. Paulina, what is... The red pill to the red pill community, or uh, I'm, I'm going to call them red pill cults on the internet. What does red pill mean when it comes to the internet? 
So this is my understanding of it. And granted, I watched The Matrix once and it was very recent. So, you know, The Matrix doesn't rule my life philosophy. Well, 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 um, let's do let's do the, let's do what they consider what the red pill cults, not what the matrix considers. So what right, do you, right. like, what does the manosphere barf? What does the manosphere, I hate that the word. manosphere. There is a girthy manosphere out there and I don't <laughs> like it. What what does the manosphere consider to be? It sounds like, speaking of old super, I have to make fun of the word manosphere because there's just some bad words. Like toxic masculinity is a bad word to describe it. And I think manosphere is dumb. It sounds like, you know how when like people talk about, you don't know how, but people talk about old comic books and they're bad, like manosphere. Manosphere sounds like an old, like a 1920s villain. Like, it sounds like something I'm not going to read. <laughs> I'm Manosphere, and Manosphere. I'm going to take all your gold. Not our gold. I got that from American bonds f- funding <laughs> the bonds. Civil War, I guess, in the 1920s. <laughs> the civil I don't know. Civil War in the 1920s. Yes, that is history. There's no war bond. Okay, so what does it mean to the Manosphere, the Red Pill? So essentially, if you take the red pill, you see society for what it is rather than the facade for which it is operating under. Um, More specifically, to red pill people in the red pill in the red pill cults on the Internet. What does that mean, Paulina? What is society actually? You're leading me to something, and I don't think I'm picking up what women. You're down. The idea oh, is, we- yes. wait, you're losing the whole thread. <laughs> they don't like women. No, yeah, they really don't like women. Um, they I, really don't. So, which if they listen to me, try to understand what they hate. They, they listening to me talk probably makes their ears burn. Uh, yeah, well, that's well, that's we'll get to that when we do. Uh, I'm so upset that on a Matrix episode, I said we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, we will get to that when we do our uh, more on Codename Tom because they don't like people not understanding them. And um, to a certain extent, that's part of how they create the world of Red Pill is that the Red Pill in the Matrix is Neo, which, by the way, let me – hello, Mike Valak big old dork about the matrix um i've seen all the matrixes one two three and the animatrix many times i've seen most of the playthrough of the game and i've read a bunch of the stuff that they wrote as well about it i'm super excited for the new one i love the matrix i've also seen the original ghost in the shell movie which we're going to talk about as well and the ghost in the shell tv series not the new ghost in the shell tv series please don't at me um You know, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you're well versed because my understanding of the Matrix is very rudimentary. I really appreciate the movie, but I can't say that I'm obsessed. If we know? were math people, we could have made some some joke about a rudimentary Matrix. I'm sure there is like an equation. You know what I mean? Like there's oh, there must be. Ah, but I was I was the kid that cried at the kitchen table because I couldn't do multiplication. So Isn't I'm that how you do multiplication? Gal. Isn't that how you learn it? I thought that that's in... A lot of people are teaching at home now, their own kids. Tell me if that... I'm pretty sure that's in there, Paulina. You're supposed to cry about it. If if people (laughs) learn multiplication and didn't cry, like, turn off the podcast. Um, My brother is a math genius, and he would, like, look at it and be like, 47. Mm-hmm, because be he like, did his crying. <laughs> he did his crying in secret. You have to keep secrets from twins and triplets so that that's you can true, like, feel that's superior. True. Okay, <laughs> Matrix. God, we're getting to it. So, in the Matrix, if you don't know, it's a movie from 1999, and it's a series. It is meant to be watched in its entirety. The uh, all every single piece of media content is part of what we call a canon or continuity for the Matrix, including the video games. Um, a man um, named Mr. Anderson, which a lot of people forget. That's his name, Neo's name, before he goes into the to the world. 
of uh, Zion is a computer uh, worker at a, a large corporation, and he is also by night a hacker. He is one night approached on the internet by a character named Morpheus, the god of dreams in mythology, who uh, tells him to follow the white rabbit, eventually leading Morpheus to tell him that the world he is in is a simulation and that he must take either the red pill or the blue pill. The blue pill will wipe his memory of Morpheus and this interaction, and the red pill will unhook his body from the machine he is hooked up to and allow him to live in the true world, which is a dystopia in which humans are used as batteries hooked up to a computer simulation meant to enslave them. Um, so this is a big thing about red pill and blue pill in terms of you complaining before about why someone who says taking the red pill is understanding that women are evil and whatnot, and that they're actually manipulating you. And there's a conspiracy to, um, for women to be, um, what's the stupid word that they say? Hypergamous. Hypergamous. And what's that again? It means that they're constantly looking for a better deal and they are often cheating to get out of relationships or even just staying in relationships and cheating. Um, cheating both so sexually and like, like, like you would, yeah, and... cheating a game, sort of rigging it. Um, right. They believe that there are only two options. Either you understand their theory or you don't. There isn't you disagree. That's the big that's let's start with that with 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 why this they I call them red pill cults. Inherent to their understanding of the movie and their their ideology in general is not red pill and people who disagree with red pill it's either if you saw the evidence you would either get it so if you don't agree with us it's because you don't understand what we're saying and that that sort of reminds me it just feels like a very oversimplified way of being that sim like simplistically like oh you don't you haven't heard what we have to say. And if you actually heard what we had to say, you would believe us, you know, mm -hmm. which kind of reeks of that sort of cult like mentality. Right. It's like, I'd say more than reeks of, I'd say it's been, it's been, I mean, they made a broth. It's meant to smell that way. <laughs> they stewed it, they served it up and they, and they gave it to us. Yeah, it is. It is. And this is the thing that everybody wants to kind of argue with us and our patients in having saying, well, is this a cult? Isn't it a cult? That's the start to every red pill group is you either get it, or you don't. You don't disagree with us. You're stupid. And that is the basis for most cult-like understandings of the world. There's no gray ground. There's no second path to enlightenment, which is another um, idea that the Matrix does also doesn't support. Uh, they don't say that. The red pill and the blue pill are not the only options. Let's get into that. So... Um, in the Matrix, if you haven't seen the whole thing, which again, a lot of people on the internet just hear someone talking about something. We've met these people, and then they've never actually seen the source. And it, Pauline, I want to talk to you about a serious issue before we talk about this. Okay. Okay. Have you ever claimed, and I'll admit I've done it, have you ever claimed to see parts of movies? You know, I'm, I actually, I, I can't say in recent memory that I have I've mostly this. because I'm well, because I cannot regurgitate quotes. I can't even remember titles of movies that I watched. I'm just like, I, I literally so you'd rather be like, be like, be uh, like, no, I've never seen it. Even when you've seen it. 
Yeah, I'm like, I haven't seen no, that. And Zach will be like, that? we watched it last night. No, like, oh, I yeah. Yeah, which part though? I don't think you're remembering that right. <laughs> so uh, I've I've said I've seen parts of movies. Look, everyone, just admit you haven't seen the movie. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's just not start that hard. It. I will say, just just pretend that you can't remember anything, and then you're off the hook. You know, and that's how I do it. <laughs> I'll admit some movies I haven't seen. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Oh, what's that? Uh, the movie with um, oh man, the Moonlight. Uh, no, not Moonlight. I saw that Moon movie. Moon Shit Kingdom. Moon shit. I have not seen any of that guy's movies. I have not seen Moonfuck Kingdom. Oh, my mouse is going crazy. Hold on. But I have not seen Moon I shit Kingdom. I almost said I've never seen an Anderson Pock movie, and that's just. Who's is that? Is that Anderson Pock oh is like a musician? Oh, I was gonna guess that it is that Wes Anderson. <laughs> Wes is, Anderson. That Wes that's Anderson the guy. is the avatar for Tupac. And that's what I was thinking this was, was that Tupac lives on in Wes Anderson and that like he can, can hollow project him. Um, so, yes, I can. I did. So the uh, <laughs> so let's go here. If you've actually seen all of the Matrix, the blue pill and the red pill. And this is a reason that I have a big problem with the Matrix. It, I mean, with the red pill cultures from the start, from the get go, why I have a problem with them. Well, let's get to all the other misogyny and horrible stuff later. The blue pill and red pill are not the only option to get out of the Matrix. There are several instances, and this is what the Animatrix is focused on, of people enlightening themselves. That it, that Morpheus is not a cult. Morpheus is often con- uh, accused of being a cult leader in, in the movie. He's accused of having a pseudo-religion. Um, <clears throat> a large amount of the movie focuses on Morpheus being wrong. Um, so that's something you have to understand. And Morpheus isn't necessarily right. Morpheus, in the end, did not understand his own religion. Oh, by the way, spoilers for The Matrix. Um, Yeah. We're going to spoil The Matrix. But there are, in the Animatrix, there are mostly stories of getting entities out of The Matrix, which is the machine simulation. There are three stories specifically which involve escaping the um, simulation without using the red pill or blue pill showing that there are more than one path to enlightenment. Mm. Uh, The three stories are, I'll do them in rising interestingness because they're pretty cool. Um, One is about a skateboarder who is named, uh, actually appears in the films. He's in, he uh, shows up in the second films and kind of knows Neo. Um, He's wants to be part of the crew. He uh, is an adept skateboarder and simply on his own is having dreams, figuring out, He's having visions of Neo. He's just having visions of Neo and he figures out that he's in a simulation and they communicate via dreams and he gets himself out of the matrix. He pulls himself out by jumping off of a roof because Neo says he'll be able to uh, catch him in that moment. Neo is not giving people the red pill either, everyone. Neo is freeing people from the matrix constantly and not giving them the red pill. So that's another way that you can get out of the matrix. Um, the second story, which is wait, so to ask a question. About yeah, 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 that. yeah. So yeah. specifically, through dreams and through interpreting messages, this guy is able to find enlightenment. Essentially, through, yes. Through, through, and it's it's you know you can look at that through a million ways through unconsciousness. There's lots of philosophies about and psychology about what what we achieve in our unconscious. He talks to Neo in his dreams, and Morpheus is of course in mythology the the king of dreams as well. Um, 
that's how he escapes. He, he's having conversations and talking to, and you know, dreamlike conversations. He figures out right. that there is uh, this other simulation going on. The second one I think you'll have a lot more interesting things to say about. It's about an athlete who is a sprinter and discovers that there is the Matrix and is using the same powers that we see Neo use to be one of the best athletes in the world. He is aware that, there's, that it's a simulation and is using that to achieve his ends in the Matrix. Um, so powerful is his understanding of the simulation that they try to shut him down, to kill him, but he's able to keep himself alive and aware that it's a simulation and even overcome paralysis via, or some sort of paralysis, we're not really told what it is, um, immobility rather, and he's injured and destroyed by the agents, but then still manages to overcome it. Um, this is someone who has effectively escaped the grasp of the Matrix, but decided to stay in the simulation. Interesting. Is it because he's benefiting from it? It's because he feels enlightened. In that world, he is enlightened, isn't he? Which is sort of derisive of the idea that leaving the Matrix is always the smartest you can be. You know, the idea is he's in the Matrix and he's enlightened. He understands that he can operate in this world. So that's, that's why he wants to say he's benefiting, yes, just a long way to say it, but the idea that someone would know they were enlightened and not know that there was a higher state of enlightenment, which was worse, is really interesting, right? Because that's how the MGTOWs want to operate. They want, they believe that if they take the red pill, they'll stay, they still are forced to stay in the simulation, right? Right. They're still forced to stay in the world of women, which is not achievable via the red pill. The red pill will pull you out of the simulation. That's really interesting in terms of all of these people who are supposedly taking the red pill are still operating within the system. And I, I, I keep thinking about the fact that, that the narrative of the second, uh, the second narrative is about an athlete. I think that's an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. um, mostly because being an athlete is about like physical prowess mm -hmm. and ultimately this athlete is using the system to further kind of I'm, I'm imagining and I haven't seen it but I'm imagining that like he's figured out how to utilize his strength within the system and kind of like in the way that Neo can fly and and, yeah. and bend things like this this athlete is also able to do that but also thinking about what like what role athletes take in our culture in mm -hmm. that like some of the highest paid people are athletes and so mm -hmm. I'm imagining that in in this narrative this this athlete is also celebrated is that is that true oh yeah he is he is a superstar and proceeds and sort of mimics a lot of the imagery of uh hussein bolt i mean it's possible that they knew about a young hussein bolt but he is a sprinter he's uh an african-american gentleman he is very uh, uh flashy and he's not as jovial as hussein bolt to be honest but um he's he's pretty popular and, and beloved which was not a i don't i can't think of a sprinter before hussein bolt that in reality you know what's a famous sprinter before hussein bolt right but, right but yeah, he's 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 beloved by everyone. 
he's it's interesting to both understand the system and achieve enlightenment and thrive within it and like the narrative of like kind of escaping it is is not necessarily the right route for everybody mm-hmm. like it is possible to both be enlightened and operate within the system to the height of for lack of a better word your intelligence whether that's physical mental emotional um and remember that there's an interesting element to that too in terms of physical prowess right they don't have their actual physical bodies but they're trying to form Zion. There is a selfish goal of pulling people out of the matrix to form a new society where you're having your real body in order to, whether it's through war or just by surviving, de- defeat the machines. Right. Are you living a full life outside of the simulation? Which is an argument that the, that the, 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 the matrix is making is that maybe it's not so bad. Um, and, and, and that's an interesting element of it because I, Paulina's pulled in a source that I think is going to talk about that. She taught me something about the Matrix, but I'm going to get to the last story first because I think you'll have a lot to say about this one. The last story is about people that meditate inside the Matrix. And the goal of their meditation is to try and get a machine that's linked into the Matrix because, of course, the machines and robots that chase and try and hunt the humans are also operating on the same computer system. And they are meditating and putting a machine that they've captured, a a killing robot, through mental simulations that they create in order to get it to choose to leave the Matrix. This is really interesting because obviously red pill, blue pill, that's like a binaristic choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's like good versus evil, yin, yang, masculine, feminine. and Nacho cheese and cool ranch. (laughs) <laughs> we cannot Black live in peace <laughs> do you split your oreo in half or do you eat it whole you know um no i i think what i appreciate about all these different narratives is that there aren't this isn't necessarily one size fits all right and and you know the idea of just swallowing the pill and and seeing things fully is is fantasy mm-hmm. i think I mean, it, it literally, Matrix is a fantasy film. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's something, like, we've been talking about, about how media is interpreted as fact instead of just fiction, right? And though, you know, I, I think the Matrix is obviously a compelling narrative and and is emblematic of the society in which we live and you know because i kind of believe like if you can manifest it it can come to fruition like just because it exists like we could be leading to a future where that is the case you know oh sure um but and and don't at me we are not vr sucks okay i know i'm in vr oh i'm very (laughs) against vr it's i've been on some fun vr rides i don't think it's as good as everyone's making it to be it sounds like dizzy making. Like every time I see people with those goggles, it makes me a little nauseous. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay two D over here. No, thank we're not you. 2D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's not one path. There isn't. No. There isn't one path. And the idea that there is, even in this fiction, even in this fantasy, which is what you're saying, to to stop and talk about VR, even in what you're saying, even if that becomes a reality, even in this fiction, which is one-dimensional, you know, it's a, it's a one story. Even they thought, no, it can't just be one thing. 
that's totally kick-ass. And I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Say it again. The, the thing that kind of confuses me about, like, this red pill culture is, like, it is so misogynistic and, like, you know, vitriolic. And The Matrix itself, though they transition later in life, it was written by two trans women. Like, oh, you and know, we'll, get, we'll get to how there is much evidence I did not, I had often told people about these things, and we'll get to some of the female figures in the Matrix after you tell me about Pelagra and Pelagra. What's the butter you're going to talk about? Simulacra and simulation. That's what I said. So, uh, for the listeners, Paulina's read me a beautiful thing from Pelagra and Baloney, but <laughs> when, which they said Baloney Boat, and I want one now. Um, but what, what, so, so, what do you believe, or I guess, what do, you, what does this text have to do with the Matrix itself? And and your dad, Doctor Drew, yeah, I'm name dropping, has sorted, has cited that this so was an embarrassing. Has he comes cited, up so much. He's just like um, always talking about him. So wait, um, <laughs> wait what we, this, what does this text have to do with the Matrix? What is the inspiration so behind it? It is a th- bona fide inspiration. We found out, everyone. I checked. Yes. You missed an uncomfortable conversation where I nerded out and was like, oh, is that a real thing? Did you just get that from the internet? <laughs> okay, so you missed that nerd conversation. So how does it inter- integrate into or inspire the Matrix? So from what I understand, this text was foundational in terms of inspiring the Matrix. And basically it's about the sort of, it, it's very nihilistic. It's very Nietzschean, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm there is no God kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what is really kind of tantamount to to understand is there is no hope for meaning, right? That that meaning is mortal, right? It's 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 aspiring to enlightenment in a world in which there is uh, no meaning. Because being mortal is is a meaningless existence. Um, and so from this sort of meaningless existence springs this kind of like phantasmic um, alternate reality that, um, you know, defies dimensions in space and time. Um, and mm. so. OK, it's interesting. Yes, that 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 that's interesting as well, which is is the idea that. <clears throat> I've said this before. Hey guys, some ideas on the internet are too hard. Uh, but like, let me let me see if I if I have a grasp on it. Um, the idea is then that in a world where anything can happen, the way that they use the matrix outside of the matrix, um, seemingly it feels as though life is pointless, and so therefore the belief in the one, Neo is a driving force in feeling as though there can be an enlightenment and that Mm -hmm. life is not pretend. Although Neo's main skill is in using the pretend world. So it requires quite a bit of faith uh, to understand that. Uh, That's, that's, that's really fascinating is the desire for enlightenment when you know, everything might've been pretend and that your understanding of it was pretend. Am I, am I hitting stuff? You're hitting it. I wasn't sure where I was started, but we ended up in a place that I understand. Well, yeah. No, that's, that's, I mean, I think it's important to. Yeah, let's tie it back to red pill culture. Well, yeah, I mean, it's important as always. And this is something that we harp on all the time. Like, it's important to understand 
the the origin of these ideas, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, the Matrix is complicated and interesting and multifaceted, and obviously has seeped into the culture in ways that were uncalculable, incalculable. Um, Don't calculate and no calculating, uh, no calculators here. Um, and so it's important to understand that this was based on like a very heavy theoretical text, you know, and, and obviously it, 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 it stands the test of time because it is so multifaceted and interesting and, and, and grounded in something it's, it's, it believes in something. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, there's so much. And it's specific. That's, that's specific. I think, what you're trying to say. is, And yes. that's important when we've talked about before how some of the people that wrote FemCell stuff later went on to be anti-climate change people and following up on sources and learning what the point of the exercise is. You know, uh, Reins often lists Poe's Law, which is that no one understands irony anymore because everything you, – you, essentially everyone – there will be somebody that takes it seriously. And that's mm-hmm. just a thing of interpretation just in general. But like – it, when when we talked about that text, I was like, oh, there's a very specific goal here. There's a very specific goal of creating a certain type of enlightened character, a certain type of religious character, not just of grabbing theories from anywhere in the way that hashtag cults do. There's a, there's desire here is create, a, create an enlightened character, a sort of chosen one who has to confront the idea that everyone knows his all of his all of his. Um, peoples he must save know that there's a fake world that's like a that's a very specific turn that kind of takes the wind out of a lot of ways you could interpret the movie right Mm -hmm. and it kind of like puts the kibosh on a lot of stuff um and on that same note let's let's turn to the other show that he lists which is really my big evidence that i know codename tom is manipulated by a cult because if you were to watch this movie a very influential nerd movie and sci-fi movie I'd have a hard time believing he thinks what he thinks about MGTOW and he's not just scapegoating his emotions into women and society at large if he's seen this. Do you know Ghost in the Shell? What would you know about Ghost in the Shell if I said that, Paulina? I know nothing about Ghost in the Shell. Well, it was a movie uh, before The Matrix and then it was a series after The Matrix. Um, it's quite it's quite popular. Uh, it's sort of an anime legend. It's one of those movies that is up there with the greatest movies of all time, no less anime. Um, The story is in the future and follows uh, the head of the special forces in Japan. She is what's called um, a full, oh man, what's the word they use for her? She's, she's, she's a full Android. In other words, she is simply a brain case, which is the word they use for uh, the technology to put, your brain into a um, you don't download it in other words your brain is surrounded by technology and then it's removed from your body and put into um, another body she's one of the very few people in the world with this Um, and she was in an accident as a little girl and was put in a brain case and put into various little girl bodies and then eventually a, a grown-up body in some versions of the text it's kind of implied that maybe she skipped ages and things like that you know how do you age up an android um and the idea is that she is incredibly powerful but as a police officer and um just as a as a detective in general in her mind 
But how does she distinguish between what is her and what is the, 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 the fact that she's lived in this robot so long? And what distinguishes society at large, where there's a lot of implants and androids and things like that, and the ability to hook, which the Matrix got directly from Ghost in the Shell, for sure, the ability to plug the back of your head into the internet. Um, who are Wait, we? So Ghost in the Shell is a narrative about a girl. Yes. So that's interesting to me, specifically because Codename Tom, super into Ghost in a Shell, but also really doesn't like women. Mm-hmm. And specifically believes that women will not think logically, which the main character is a detective, and that women will sort of take advantage of the system, which uh, she does not as well. She's like an all-powerful robot. Certainly she could take advantages. She goes up the ranks and earns her space. Um, she doesn't, you know, get anything without it being warranted. Um, it, it, it's sort of evidence that he knows it's not real, that there are good people inside of here scapegoating and sort of rationalizing their problems into a theory. Because if you love this show, I mean, the major is this badass creature who's not without emotion. She's also, uh, 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 homosexual um, they show her her girlfriend in, in lots of versions of it um, she's also drawn in some of the comic books slightly suggesting that she maybe is um, a different race I'm not quite sure on those ones but I haven't seen them but like in other words that she could maybe switch races at her will or maybe she identifies as, as something else um, I haven't seen I haven't read those ones so you'll excuse me if I get it wrong but um the idea that this detective isn't logical, but she's also incredibly emotional. She's, she's, she doesn't know who she is, and that's sort of the arc of the story, is being like Spock, who they also list as, you know, is also gets listed as the stoic hero. She, the moments where she's triumphing is when she's emotional, when she's upset, when she's doubting. Mm. Those are the moments of triumph in her life, not the stoic moments. Interesting. Yeah. And specifically, one of the most famous stories in Ghost in the Shell, which any version of it or reboot of it, starts with some Japanese businessmen, starts with some serious gender bending, starts with Japanese businessmen who they believe one is going to be taken hostage. And the twist in it is that what these men have been doing is they enjoyed purchasing time with geishas and putting their brains into the geishas and having intercourse the other way around. And so the, 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 the plot that they sort of foil is the idea that the geishas are running away and they don't chase the geishas when they're actually chasing the wrong people because of a, a, a sort of gender-bending plot. Mm. These are really, really tolerant, forward-thinking detective stories. And... Is it possible he lists Ghost in the Shell because he knows he read something on the internet that Ghost in the Shell is good? I mean, it's possible, but I believe him. We didn't. I didn't test him on it. I believe him. And, and that, to me, is an indication that he really doesn't feel this way about women because it would seem as though someone who thinks women are in charge and they run the system would see a major of the Special Forces unit who has many men under her command and no other women in her battalion. They would see that as scary, wouldn't they? Right. That's I I think that, that that's kind of where I'm getting tripped up is 
obviously this this narrative is about a a powerful sharp thinking femme you know and you know the it just it, i think ultimately and this is what we come back to a lot is the hypocrisy is a little bit uh on the nose a little it's like yeah it's what rachel bernstein calls the irony mirror you you want to hold it up and be like don't you see how exactly opposite you are (laughs) yeah don't you see how like literally everything you're saying is the opposite of what you're doing um and ghost in the shell you know even even the idea of being trans what makes a woman you know even in the instance where i would never say this about a, a living person who identifies as any gender but in the idea of this fiction she is totally artificial she is a right. man-made body so is it just her brain that makes her that well then what is that and that's where ghost in the shell that the, the expression they're using comes from seemingly you can break down dr manhattan style all of the things that make us who we are but what makes her want to still be female looking what makes her still want to do to th- what makes her still think of her childhood memories what there's something in there the evidence mm. perhaps of a soul um something identifying us to who we are um which is another big part of the matrix is well yeah i'm in a jar i'm literally in a jar like you know but i am still me what if i come out of that jar and i look different you know mm. Mm-hmm. Am I still me? Is my soul now in my real quote unquote body? Is that is that still me? Yes, because of the soul. It's so interesting. I feel like a lot of this is circling around like life essence, <laughs> you know, like, you know, what is the real experience? What is the lived experience in the matrix the lived experience is literally a simulation right mm-hmm. ghost in a shell it's it's a, a pl- head plug in kind of a bot body situation um but all of it is circling around like what makes a human human yeah. i think which yeah. is interesting one of the more powerful characters in the matrix here comes reens enter reens Producer Reens, we're talking about The Matrix. Remember, I'm about to talk about Trinity. Remember how the other day we were watching a movie and Trinity was in it? And I love Trinity so much, the actress, that I didn't watch it because every time she came on screen, I was just so happy to see her in something else. (laughs) Yeah, I love Trinity is my favorite character in The Matrix. Why is that? The most important line in The Matrix is Trinity is this legendary computer hacker. And when Neo, who knows of her in the world of The Matrix meets trinity he says i always thought you were a guy and trinity says most guys do now it's a throwaway line meant to be a little bit funny but in my opinion it shows a how aware trinity is and just b how many people she interacts with and the power of an artificial identity there's a great story in the animatrix where she is hunting down a detective who is so good at being a detective that he's kind of figuring out the matrix. And what's really important about it is that it's set on earth, but the whole thing looks totally different. It looks totally different. And it's not a coincidence that Trinity is the one to hunt this guy down because even though it's on earth and it should look like earth, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. look like earth. And there's a philosophical question about what happens if I see blue different than how you see blue? How does our, how does our world change? And 
the idea that through this guy's eyes, the world is totally different. And Trinity is kind of the one that has to take him down. Is she is she, not Neo, who's sort of a rube, not the guy that takes the, 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 the red pill and is the, the enlightened one. It's Trinity who's able to see that everybody sees the world differently. It's the, it's the f- female gendered character who is able to look past the illusions and continue to operate in them. While Neo kind of becomes like a dink as he becomes more enlightened and knows about these things. Mm. And is, is kind of like, well, why isn't it, you know, working this way? And is, is, is kind of looks emotionless and like stupid and kind of needs people to point out his emotions in order to succeed. It's Trinity that is able, that is able to do that. The emotions are not a bad thing. Neo is forgetting how to do them. Mm. (laughs) And it requires the cynic. It requires the cynic who has love to, to do those things. And it, yeah, Trinity's a badass, which everyone in the matrix is. Everyone can throw a thousand bullets at everyone, but this cross section, it's in the same way that really most people should relate to Anakin Skywalker, not to Luke Skywalker. Trinity is emotional and thinks irrationally and is a cynic, but she's the one with the power of love. That's mm. a really important message to be like, you can hate the world and you can see through all the bullshit, but you're the one with the emotions and love that like literally changed the world. Mm. I love that. That makes me think of, um, there's a book by Bell Hooks called All About Love and it's basically about how love is the healing force in the world and you know she I, I liked i liked how you said that trinity can still see through all of the bullshit and she can still be a cynic but ultimately love is what ends up saving the day mm-hmm. um in a certain way which i think is an important message and i think to tie it into to red pill cults i i, I think that they're sort of devoid of that that foundational message mm-hmm um that 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 the cynic is the one who carries love it's not that and that's the important thing too i think a lot of times in stories you see the cynic as learning love it's not trinity is clearly the cynic trinity is clearly the one that sees everything as you know hopeless or whatever as this starts yet she's the one who teaches everyone love that's the really powerful part to me a lot of times we see the cynic and in the end they learn love you know but it's really Neo is the the optimist. Morpheus is the, or Morpheus is the optimist, and he's not the one carrying love. Morpheus actually has a, a, a romantic plot line in which he sort of feels foolish for giving up love, right? Um, and, and and sort of forfeits his his wife, effectively his girlfriend. His uh, uh, they don't get into how together they were, to his political rival. He, he kind of abandons happiness for no reason. And he's, it's one of the few times that you get to see Morpheus looking stupid. And so he's the optimist, but sort of fails to spread love. And the cynic is the one that tells everyone, like, I love you all. And so I'll sacrifice myself and I'll, you know, be the one to do the hard stuff because you're all too cold emotionless and logical like the machines to see what needs to be done. Right. 
pretty cool shit, right? It's really interesting. I um, how far I, from I, the mark is it from red pill culture? <laughs> you know, I I appreciate how well versed you are in this because I, you know, I I I'm acquainted with it, but I wouldn't say that I'm the expert in the Matrix. And now after this conversation, I feel like I have a firmer understanding of of the lore, mm-hmm. um, which is instrumental in terms of understanding red pill culture. Um, but I think. You know, it's red pill culture is off the mark in that it's it's missing kind of in the same way that like the the circling question of all these all these different stories is what is the essence of a human or or, or lived experience. Uh, I feel as though red pill culture kind of takes the matrix and takes out the essence of what is supposed to be learned from the movie and just takes sort of like the features of it and repurposes it for vile things <laughs> you know yeah. they're 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 scapegoating it and they're they're just finding anything and so it sounds cool obviously the matrix is is very cool it th- that's that's about it and you see i've actually learned through cults you see quite a few cult you know of course hail bop is the most famous one right um they were sort of obsessed with star trek and there's this thing with identity that's so important to all this whole thing. Who are you as a person? Am I me that I know everything about the matrix? Definitely not. And are you, you because you like star Wars? Are you, you because you, you like these things. And I think that we get confused in the world based on our input and kind of who we are, Mm. you know, Mm. And, and that's the metaphor of the computer, too, which is like, okay, you can take in all the information in the world, which Neo has done. Who is Neo, though? At the end of the day, who are you, even though you know all information? Mm. Even, you know, if all of society is encapsulated in a, in a digital form, which it is in the Matrix, Neo knows it all. Who is he? That's the question you're supposed to be grappling with and that Neo grapples with. The idea that red pill is even enlightenment is an odd thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it, it's taking you somewhere else. I think that I'd love to hear what you think about the idea of watching a movie or hearing about a movie and deciding it's who you are. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, specifically about kind of the discussion of of seeing different representations like diversifying representations in culture which i think is super important but i also think it's a weird phenomena that when we ingest media we want to emulate it right like if you watch um what's that carrie washington show where she's working for the president I don't Do you know. know what show I'm talking about. And whenever um, I don't know a it's show, not how to I get assume away with it's how to get it's away with Shonda, murder. Yeah, it's a different Shonda Rhimes movie, uh, not movie, uh, TV show. Where she's working for and the president? West Wing. Sh- well, yeah, it's West Wing. Is it Psych um, or is it West Wing? <laughs> it's, 
it's both. Um, okay. No, uh, but like, you know, if I when I was watching that show, you know, she wears a lot of white and she often eats popcorn for dinner with a glass of wine. And when I watched that show, I found myself like eating popcorn for dinner and drinking a glass of wine and trying to wear white. And I hate chili dogs. The only reason I eat them is because Sonic the goddamn hedgehog eats chili dogs. Don't like them. Hard to eat. Why, not enjoyable. Wait, why I do only do, do it because of the cartoon. No, oh man, it's, it's I forget a real what the type phenomena though. Like truly, mm-hmm. like we kind of emulate whatever we're consuming. And I I lately have been questioning that of like if you start kind of emulating what you're consuming, you're becoming what you consume. But that isn't who you are. Who you are is obviously more multifaceted and, and complex than just wearing white and eating popcorn. <laughs> you know, and I and I feel like as a culture, we, we we're talking a lot about diversifying stories and more representation, which is obviously a good thing. But this instinct to to become whatever it is you're watching is such a and it probably has a psychological explanation. But I, I, I've been pushing against it recently because, you know, I, I along with everybody else, is like, who who am I? Who am I? And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, I, I think it's a very, like, I, I used to say, like, in, like, 2014, if you said a 30 Rock quote, you were funny. You know, it's like, whatever you, you, you kind of... You said it on this show before. Oh, I say it all the time. I, I never understood 30 Rock. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> I, we're gonna get hate mail for that one. Um, Hopefully, I'd like some <laughs> new variety of hate mail. Feel free, feel free to change it up on us. Yeah, I love please. some. Thir- I like Thirty Rock, so feel free to. Yeah. I'll dump it on. No, I'm gonna United Front. Fuck Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. No, but you know, it's. I I guess I want to push against the idea of of making your identity part of what you like mm-hmm. i mean and 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 wait, wait so wait, I'm gonna, just so i get the making your kind I, of, yeah yeah making that, part that of what you like your identity right or making, like, okay kind of like you know i feel like southern california is a big disney uh constituent obviously because disneyland's there and you know a Constituent lot of people are, is disney representing us somewhere i honestly <laughs> the voting population is there um, a disney congress i don't know about <laughs> <laughs> it's in the schoolhouse uh no um but essentially there are like a ton of people who really really love disney so much so that they buy disney you know appliances disney clothing disney everything they buy disney 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 and i think Obviously, that's part of like a capitalistic structure. I'm kind of veering off here, but essentially, think think outside the buck. What what you consume is not necessarily your entire identity, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that's something that we need to talk about as a culture at large. Um, it it affects every facet of people's lives, and there's this thing, right? Like you're at a party, and someone says, "Oh, you remind me of my friend Craig." H- how does that make you feel? I mean, in my opinion, it's not great conversation, but (laughs) like I'm like, you know, I have a mohawk and I think there are guys with mohawks that see me with a mohawk and get upset that they're not the mohawk guy in their life. And I think that that's a big thing is that 
And I think that there's probably guys with mohawks or guys without mohawks who see me have the mohawk and think that I see myself as the mohawk guy when it's just how my hair looks best. So I think that there's this, there's this unspoken conversation that the you remind me of my friend Craig represents, if we can really get into deep philosophy. What Craig represents is the fact that like, you're not so interesting. You might not be that unique. And like, that doesn't take value away from you. Well, right. I think I think that that's the bottom line is we're all trying to differentiate ourselves when in fact we're all the same. I mean, the idea of like being unique is is nice and exciting, but ultimately like if we're really going to get like new age enlightenment, like we are all one. We are all experiencing human consciousness. I don't um, well, I just want to say this. No, because some people eat cool ranch Doritos and I'm <laughs> not about it. Okay, we I are, eat them and they're very good. They are not. It's just, you gotta okay. get your tongue checked. Okay, here's the thing though. I believe. Okay, look. I know that this this episode was controversial already. Um, uh, 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 but Cool Ranch Doritos are not that good. It's just because they're called Cool Ranch, the best name of all time. I don't know. I I have to disagree with you here, Mike. Of course you do. And that's why we're not all the same. Because there's monsters out there like you <laughs> who go around. And I have to, I have to, they, you know, I've been to stores where they're out of nacho cheese and they have Cool Ranch. And I'm sure there's people the opposite way. Why do we live in the same society? The Cool Ranch people can move to Mars. This is this is why America's fighting. <laughs> it's well, over Ned. It's well, over Doritos. Well, and, and I think to tie it back to, to MGTOW and Red Pill is that it's interesting to see them siding with All Lives Matter, mm. which is really predominantly where a lot of the content I'm trying to do currently some cyber, um, uh, whatchamacallit, forensics on how much content of All Lives Matter do MGTOW members generate of course they all have anonymous names for Mm -hmm. their MGTOW accounts that's a known thing they do so it's hard to know but they are generating a lot of it and there's a lot of discussion of it in their groups but it's interesting they side with all lives matter right because then it would say that there's there's an implication in that in the in the misguided way of using that which is it's, it's idiotic uh but but in the misguided way you then have to be like you then have to take a really hippie-ish stance like Paulina just took. You then have to be like, we are all one and everything is different. Not all lives matter, also women are inferior. It, right. Those can't work. Both neither work, but, but, but they certainly can't work together. And it's this thing where we fall into this trap every time, me and Paulina. We start to talk about what it's like to be a person outside of a cult. And how do we confront our identity? And, oh, I'm white. I get to see a lot of you know, white people on TV, even, even, you know, as a Jew, there's a lot of, of, of stories that, you know, feature, you know, there's Mel Brooks. I know about Jewish filmmakers out there and they sometimes get like a lot of play and I have access to them. I see my identity on TV, but at the same time, well, what does it mean that I eat popcorn and wine? You know, like what does, do I actually have to relate to these things? You know, what part of the, and what we're getting tricked into is none of this is real. They have not watched The Matrix extensively. They have not 
done any of this stuff. They haven't done these examinations of who they are. They're constantly, if you've ever listened, if you've ever listened to your 14 year old self through a time travel machine, you're very sure of yourself and then very not sure of yourself at the exact same time. You're a ball of contradictions. It's not real. It's a version that allows them to yell. It allows them to tell people that they are wrong. And it's not, it's not really based on reality. They're in a cult. I'm hoping that that's what everybody hears at the end of this. It's like, we've gone through all these contradictions. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. And I think Codename Tom is a good dude. I think he's been, he's a good dude. Been, I think everyone in MGTOW starts a good dude. And they, through this cult, create actions that they'll have to live with. And that's, that's sad because it's turning them into bad dudes. You know, mm. they, mm-hmm. they, they, through this cult, have probably started as a victim. And I still see lots of elements of whenever I talk to MGTOWs of reasons to be sympathetic to them. But that's what this cult is robbing these people of, of recovering, being good dudes. And now they're kind of on the side of bad. Mm. And if they have done bad stuff in the past, now they, they'll never repent for it so long as they're in this cult. They'll never apologize. They'll never fix those actions. And they are turning into bad dudes. And that's what's so hard. It's so easy to be like, man, these guys don't get the matrix. They're all over the place with their identity. What dinks? But it's like, it's not, it's not real, is it? Mm. You know? Yeah. Either way, podcast canceled because of Cool Ranch. <laughs> here's the thing. If I, if, okay, I, here's, we'll, we'll do five minutes on this so people have it so that this is like a, a true comedy show. Okay? We're going to do Oxford debate. You defend Cool Ranch and, oh, I'll, and I'll take it down. All right. Is it my time to shine? Yes. You'll have, you'll have two minutes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, Cool Ranch and I go way back. In college, I would be in the library until way late, and I would say, I'm going to give myself a little treat, and I would get a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Now, what I like about Cool Ranch Doritos is that there's this kind of menthol taste to them. There's a there's a brightness to the profile of a Cool Ranch Dorito that I don't quite get with the Nacho Cheese Doritos. I appreciate Nacho Cheese Doritos, but Cool Ranch just... All the chemicals on my tongue sing a symphony. Uh, they they crunch quite. They just crunch right in my mouth, and they taste good. The end. Uh, thank you, candidate Paulina. Now, Michael. Okay, first of all, someone who would bring powdered covered snacks to a library <laughs> is a monster. Okay. I also don't think that there's menthol in them. I do think that now you've proven that the cool is all in your head and it's because it's the best name of a flavor ever and it's Cool Ranch and it's got fun 90s writing on it. I don't think they're mentholated. I think that's totally placebo effect or as it's called in most scientific cultures, the Cool Ranch effect. I don't want any of your cool cigarettes chips in my mouth. Nacho (laughs) cheese forever. I'm also against spicy nachos, so like definitely at me. I'm fully up for a fight in this. <laughs> this it's is so the stuff delicate to d- when it comes to your Dorito choices. This is the stuff that we're supposed to be arguing about on the internet, like really angrily and yelling at people and calling each other names. Not like normal <laughs> stuff. Seriously, you know these people are robbing that for me too. I want to say that. Like I really want to call Paulina a bunch of horrible names cuz she eats cool ranch, not because she's a woman. I don't really care that she's a woman. Obviously she deserves to be thrown into the bottom of a pit cuz she eats cool. And the ugh, the, 
the packaging, like that dark blue. Oh my god, get a new color. That's like the oldest blue. I think that's what they like colored the, uh, like Hester Prim's outfit with. Oh, I hate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a care package that's just full of Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, and I will eat them. I'm also, like, a gross snack person. I'll obviously eat all of them. Like, <laughs> duh, duh. You think I'm, like, a snob? Like, obviously, I'm also counting the minutes. And same with, oh, by the way, I'll call this out, too. Wild berry Pop-Tarts are bullshit as well. They're not good. It's all in your head. It's because they're purple. You know that they can make the chocolate purple, too. It's all fake coloring. <sighs> anyway, I who are we, I learned something here today. Are I learned you? something today. Yes. <laughs> There's that. Mike here is very particular about his snacky poos. Yes, I am. Uh, I don't want the, the, the. I also love cheddar. Just throwing that out there. I'm cheddar a, is delicious. Have you had a, white cheddar Cheetos? I mean, not Cheetos. Sorry, Cheez Its. No. You, but you know what's good on that same vein of powdered stuff? Have you had the. They're called baseballs sometimes. They're white cheddar cheese poof balls. Ooh, no. Yeah, yeah. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's real. It's really good. Okay, so do you take? Do you, oh my God, we're geniuses! At the end of the day, it's all about whether you choose the red nacho or the blue nacho. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.